The Netflix series Stranger Things has concluded its fourth but not final season. Mike L., Will, Lucas, Dustin, and the other kids from Hawkins, Indiana have saved us from Demogorgons and the evil that is the Upside Down yet again. On today's podcast, we spoil the hell out of season four, so if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Turn it off now. Otherwise, Dwight and I share some of our favorite moments from the season. We discuss who the best and worst child actors are on the show. We show some love for newer characters like Robin, Eddie, and Argyle. And we ask a question. Are some TV shows better off ending sooner rather than going on for multiple seasons? I personally think Stranger Things should have ended here. Go out on top. That's me. Dwight disagrees. It's not often that art and entertainment collide and create something really special, but that's exactly what Stranger Things has done. The show is so warmly and lovingly crafted, it's hard to overstate how much that love translates to us, the audience. You can, you can feel it. Our hats go off to the Duffer Brothers and the entire cast and crew. Thanks for listening. Stranger Things Season 4 is finally out. Uh, all the episodes have been released. Mm-hmm. The last two were released weeks or maybe a month or so apart from the, from the first half. Right. And these last two episodes are like, you know, they're like movies. They're like two hours, two hours and some change, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay. It's like, am I, what, am, what am I in for here? You know, it's like, yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, I guess they, they, there's a reason for the cinematic quality of the last one, I guess. It probably took a lot more money to put to put it together, given all the various effects and things that were going on in it. You think they have all that planning into the budget in the first place when they were first you know, releasing it or whatever. So who knows? Yeah. It could it could have been a thing where they had to do reshoots. It could have been a thing where they had to do, um, you know, they had to um, break for COVID. You know, all those kinds of things could have been factors in their, the, the separations and the shootings. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, too, is, is you know, Netflix is reportedly uh, concerned about losing subscribers. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that is, you know, the, you know, they were the, you know, the progenitors of the binge model. Mm-hmm. You know, releasing all the episodes and people just kind of, you know, just kind of suck them all up at the, you know over the course of a weekend, and I think over time they've realized that by doing that, the uh, the shows that they have kind of lose cultural uh, cachet pretty quickly. You know, people absorb them over the course of a week or a weekend. They talk about them for a couple of weeks and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody is trying to stretch these things out. Now you see the model being more, well, they'll release two or three episodes at one time and then try to release them every week after that to try to extend the life, the cultural life exactly. and the uh, and the cultural currency of the uh, of the show a little bit farther. But, um, yeah, but all of season four, once again, the kids, you know, from Hawkins, Indiana are, you know, they're rescuing you know hawkins and the rest of the world from the uh the demogorgons and the the, dem- the demagogues and the you know and, and and now vecna and now vecna you know <laughs> which is interesting because it it started off as it started off as a, as a, as a role-playing game that was they were just playing the the, the that was a, it's kind of funny because the character itself didn't really exist it was a, only a, a game character and all of a sudden it's it, it kind of manifested into like this this real thing, this real person, real persona, right, right, which is which is weird. It's like because this this whole thing in the '80s, wherein you know Dungeons and Dragons was vilified to the point to where you know there was there was there was demon worship, you know, to to do this to play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, and they and they and they obviously play upon that well on the show mm-hmm. with you know uh, Dustin and sometimes Lucas. Right. And uh, and Lucas's uh, little sister Erica, you know, being a part of the the Hellfire Club, right? 
you know, which is which is run by Eddie, Eddie Munson, who is a new character that we're introduced in season four. And so you do get a sense of that, you know, uh, the Holy Rollers pointing at Dungeons and Dragons and role playing games as, you know, as being bad and, you know, and demonic and cults and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and the show is obviously set in, you know, squarely in the 80s. So, you know, I know like you do, I remember, I definitely remember that. And, you know, heavy metal is, you know, has got uh, satanic messages hidden in it. For sure, for sure. You know, and uh, and all of that stuff. What I didn't like was the fact that Hellfire Club, given that the way the show started off in season one, they were talking about the X-Men. There was this mm-hmm. loose correlation between, for me, yeah, the Hellfire yeah. Club, you know, <laughs> inside the comic and, you know, what they're doing. The, yeah. So it was like, it was weird, man. They put that together like that, but. And I caught that too. It was like, oh, the Hellfire Club. Okay, there you go. <laughs> right. So, uh, but this show is written and produced by the Duffer Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and all the main characters are back Mike, L, Will, Lucas, Robin, Dustin, Steven, mm-hmm. um, Jonathan, Jonathan, Nancy, Max, Jim Hopper. Yeah, Jim Hopper and Joyce. Will Byers. Uh, yeah, definitely. And then. We've got the other, uh, the, I guess these are the villains. So uh, these are like the A, you got the A villains, or you got the bad guys, and then you got the worst guys. So the bad guys kind of are basically like uh, Martin Brewer, Martin Brenner? Brenner? Martin, Martin Brenner, yeah. Yeah, yeah Martin Brenner played by Matthew Modine. Papa. Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got uh, Paul Reiser as Dr. Uh, Dr. Sam Owens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then last season we had Billy, who is Max's uh, brother. Who was Max's older brother? But he's step, deceased step brother, now. Step brother, right? Step brother, yeah, step brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's deceased. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, villain wise, now this this season, the season four, we have Vecna mm-hmm. uh, as the uh, as the big bad. Yeah, you know. What was your What were your thoughts, man? Overall on the uh, on season four, bro. I loved it, man. Uh, it was. I didn't think I would. I mean, it's like it seems like it's it's like it's. I like, didn't either, to be honest. You know, it's like it's like a hat trick that's gone on too long. Usually, it's one, two, three, and we're done. Right. You know. But the fourth one, it kicked it up a notch. You know, it, it, it brought in more more interpersonal stories. I think it brought in um, a more wicked um, um, sensibility to the the, uh, the upside down universe. You know, mm-hmm. that combined with the trials and tribulations of of, of um, Jim Hopper, who's who's caught who's in Russia, trying to get out of Russia, trying to get out of prison camps over there. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know that whole thing. Where and how did that happen? How did um, how did he end up there in the first place, you know, and, 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 and why is he having such a hard time in getting away and why are seemingly the Russians the ones that are, are, are holding him hostage knowing that there, there's this whole demonic level to things that's going on and why would they want to be, why would they want to subjugate any human being to that knowing that they could be next, you know? It's like, it's like when you, when you play with forces that are beyond your understanding, you got to realize, okay, you think it's about what you're doing for them, but the reality is, okay, once they run out of food, you know, you're next on the chain to, of, 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 to be eaten, you know? Right. And it, it kind, of, kind of shows itself to be that, too, in a lot of ways in, in, the, in the episodes that proceed. So, Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was hilarious, man. It's great. I liked it, too. And I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did because I was kind of lukewarm on, uh, uh, no pun intended, Lucas warm on, uh, yeah. on season three. Right. But uh, I really did like it and uh, and enjoy it. And I thought this season had a lot of heart, had a lot more heart mm-hmm. uh, than I was expecting. You know, it was like, oh, man, I was really moved by some of the, you know, some of the scenes, especially the, you know, the climactic scenes in, in uh, the final episodes, the se- final episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of uh, season four. You know, and, and, we're, and for anybody who's listening to this, is, you know, we're definitely going to spoil 
you know, the story and, and, uh, and what happens, the fate of some of the characters and, mm-hmm. and, and everything about season four. So yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. if you're, if you're listening, you haven't watched all of it, you're playing yourself. You, right. Right. D- DJ Khaled voice. Congratulations. You played yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> come back. Go watch it. Go, stop. Pause right here. Go back. Go, go watch the show. And then come back and, and, and pick up where we left off here. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, one thing, I guess, in a general sense about this show, man, the Duffer Brothers are definitely scholars of 80s pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, specifically the sci-fi and the fantasy and the kind of nerdy stuff. Right. And and the music. You know, they I mean, they got tons of needle drops from the 80s, you know, throughout all four seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely this one. Um, but not so much like the language. Like, that's kind of the other thing, too, that I noticed in watching this show. It's kind of like that 70s show. Mm-hmm. Or uh, there was another show out that was on for a brief time that was set in the '90s, or or even like Happy Days, where you know the people from the eras that those shows are set in will tell you that's not how that era felt. You know, Happy Days doesn't feel like the '50s. It's a fictional version, right, of the '50s. And even with Stranger Things, it doesn't feel like the '80s. But I get that it is set in the '80s. You know what I'm saying? Like right. when some of the characters say stuff like, "You know, how how you doing, man? Oh, I'm good." Nobody said I'm good in 1986. They just didn't. Right, right. You know that that wasn't a term that we used. You know, colloquially. No, it wasn't. I think I think the biggest the biggest um, thing that, that took me out uh, was the guy that was playing uh, the surfer dude pizza. Oh, Argyle. Argyle, yeah, yeah. He he. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of he he was doing his best Spicoli, you know. Yes. Yes. But 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 it was like okay, you're you're trying a little too hard, dude. It's like this is not you know the, the animated nature of, of your character is a little too animated like it's almost you think so yeah it was almost to me it was almost like it was like it was like too too tongue-in-cheek man it, it didn't feel right to me it was like it was it was just weird dude i mean i don't know no no i i, I get it and i i liked him i liked argyle a lot i thought he was a good uh uh kind of a uh, a lighter note you know lighter comedic note you know that he would bring to the uh to the very seriousness of you know, people interacting with demons and other dimensions and yeah. uh, military helicopters shooting at children. You know, he right. was yeah. he was funny. But to your point about the uh, about the kind of character he is, it almost you know them driving around in his in his pizza mobile or whatever. Right, right. It it was almost like you know the the mystery machine for Scooby Doo. <laughs> you know, he's he's like the Shaggy character. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, seriously, he was man. He was. But um, I you know I think I really enjoy Two Man about this particular show is, you know it's in many ways, you know one part Goonies, one part it, mm-hmm. uh, maybe with a tinge of like Breakfast Club and and Firestarter in there as well. Right. Right. Yeah. But but you know the friendships, and the relationships feel pretty genuine. You know, like Steve. Yeah. Like uh, Steve's relationship with Robin feels pretty genuine. Right. When they introduced Eddie, you know, Eddie's relationship and his ultimate, you know, relationship with Dustin. Right. Felt felt real. You know, it felt like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of a, you know, a, a sarcastic stoner headbanger kind of a guy. Right. Exactly. But he really does care about these kids and he does care about, you know, their role playing game and the club and, and all of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I thought it was great. A lot of you know, a lot has been made of uh, the Eddie Munson character. Mm-hmm. You know, as they've written and and, uh, and characterized him on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have just been like a two dimensional stone or 
Right. You know, uh, you know, a metalhead and just kind of a, a a prop, so to speak. But you know, he was he was very three D and and fully fleshed out, and uh, he be, he became one of my favorites. Uh, you know, really quickly. What about you? Yeah, I liked him a lot, man. Because I, I, I mean, I, I saw I saw a lot of his his character. A lot of kids I knew when I was growing up, dude. He was very he's very mm-hmm. very authentic, man. It was a lot like um like the Breakfast Club. He he was he was the character that um that that um. Judd, oh, Judd Nelson Judd, played. Yeah, Judd Nelson played. He was that character, you know, mm-hmm. with a little bit, with a little bit more Eddie Van Halen involved in, 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 his, in his character. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you know? he was more uh, metal than he was rebel. Yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. Yeah, you know, he, he had elements of that too because he, you know, he lived with his he lived with his uncle, so that was a whole thing too. Where his uncle his uncle wasn't wasn't there too much or whatever, so you know. And when he, he when he invites the cheerleader back to his back to his crib, it's like that's straight up eighties right there, dude. Yeah. And she, and she and the fact she would go there is one of the conversation, you know, like that. These days that would never happen, you know. It's like they're not, you know, unless there was some intentional, you know, sexual interaction going to going to occur, you know. There was there was there was that implied thing that was there, you know. Even when she when it, when it, when it, when, it, when, it, when a cheerleader when she's like barfing in the in the um, in the uh, in the restroom, it's like that was some that was some straight up eighties. Are you okay in there? You know, and she's like right. She's basically being being approached by Vecna at that point. It's good stuff, man. I liked it. I, I even like I even like the fact the way they 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 um somehow they thought in a Goonies fashion they thought they could fashion their own weapons to go back into the the uh, right you know like that's the upside down right like it's gonna help you a a, a a trash can with nails in it as a shield yeah that's gonna work against these things but it kind of did it kind of it kind of worked I mean at least for a time you know uh, yeah you know you know but um. You know, as far as that that whole scene where you know where Eddie has the, uh, you know, he has like the sword or a bat or something, and then he has the trash can as a shield with the nails in it, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and the the point where he's you know he's running, and then he realizes you know he's he's always running, right? You know, and, and being chased because he's different or whatever, or because he's you know he's he's not like the other kids, he's not in the popular crowd, right? And then he turns back to face, you know, literally to face his demons. And, uh, and you know, again, spoiler alert, you know, he ends up getting, you know, he ends up, you know, losing his life right. in this final epic battle against these these demons in the Upside Down. And, you know, and when he and Dustin have their moment right before he kind of passes away, man, I, I, I teared up, man. I was like, you know, yeah. he was like, you know, it's not that bad, is it? He's like, no, it's not that bad, you know, and, you know, and, and he said, you know, and, and when, he told, when he tells Dustin, he says, I, I didn't run this time, did I? Right. Yeah. I was like, was... it kind of, it kind of messed me up, man. It was like, okay, it kind of messed me up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really, I really appreciated, you know, the, the care, and the, that they, yeah, that they put into the writing of some mm-hmm. of these characters, and to, mm-hmm. as much as possible, to not play them as, you know, to not play anyone as short shrift, mm-hmm. and to try to, if you couldn't give someone a full arc, to try to give them like a little mini arc, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, within the context of this season and, and certainly the show the show overall mm-hmm. yeah it, it felt like you, there's, there's ways of doing it like you could you could do a homage to to, to characterizations and from the 80s or mm-hmm. you, could, you could bring them into full full fruition like they did i feel like every character had a, had a, had an arc of a, a sense of full fruition you know um that they were, they were coming into their own and, and even recognizing even getting into some back to some of their own personal demons i mean there was a thing where in um nancy's character when they're first getting out of the upside down this time where they all managed to escape the upside down by going through the trailer into the the, the other version of our into our actual reality, which is cool. The whole rope thing between two dimensions. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like you're and, you're climbing up into it, and then once you cross over into the upside down, you fall. You're falling down. Yeah. yeah you know, gravity done. gravity like reverses or whatever. Well done. So. Very well done. Yeah. But when, she, but when she falls, she falls back into a, a alternate uh, reality of 
of the past where she didn't reconcile how her friend died in a swimming pool out there. Mm-hmm. And that was that was that, that was wicked, man. I was like, oh, shit, she's still stuck in there, you know? Right. Now, is that the Barb character that you're referencing? Yeah, the, yeah Barb, exactly. The Barb character was stuck. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, she's in the swimming pool. And she's, like, puking up all this stuff. And it was, it was, man, let's talk about the graphics, dude, for a minute, dude. Sure. Yeah, because in, in this age of this age of, of, of overly digitized characters and, and, and uncanny valleys and things like that, this was it was so well done, man. Down to the down to Vecna, how how the how the, the organic parts of his body, the the the, the tendrils and the the snail like snake like um, um, veins and muscles on his body were, were moving, and mm. it wasn't mm-hmm. overly done. It was like very subtle, you know, you know. And of course, that's because they use a mix of both practical. Uh, applications of, of of prosthetics and digital implementation. So mm-hmm. really well done, man. Really well done. Yeah, I thought so too. And even the uh, the de aging of L wasn't fantastic, right? You know, when they show her as a, as a little little girl. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the uh, in the facility with uh, with uh, with with uh, Papa. Yeah, pa- Papa and Papa and Henry. Papa and Henry and the other and the other uh, the other subjects. And what's brilliant about it, man, too, is if you think about it, like the entire time. You know, in her mind, she was the one who was responsible for the deaths of the of, of her of her brethren, the the ones, twos, and threes, and the numbers of the children that were special had special gifts. Mm-hmm. She thought she was the one that did mm-hmm. it, but upon for, upon psychological or, or psycho, psychological regression, the whole the whole tank de- deprivation tank deprivation tank thing she went through, she was able to see. Okay, it wasn't me at all. It was Henry. It was mm-hmm. the guy who to become was became Vecna. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, wow, this is this is awesome, man. And to think that. This kid, number one, he was the one that that um, became. He was the one that became. It was experiencing the psycho phenomenon for the first time because he was exposed to something inside the house that his parents went into. You know, what about the cameo of, of our boy Robert England, man? Yeah, 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 Freddy Krueger, yo, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was pretty. Awesome. That was pretty dope, man. I was. That was pretty dope. You know, and this whole thing being the father, you know, uh, of of Vecna. That was that was pretty interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Which bleeds back into other other franchises. I mean, if you think about it. You know, Freddy Krueger and and all those things are are kind of the, that nightmare dreamscape thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about man some of the uh, some of the adult characters too, man. Uh, Winona Ryder. Yes, man. Uh, Winona Ryder as as Joyce and and David Harbour as as Jim Hopper. Right. We already talked about uh, Matthew Modine and uh, and Paul Reiser. Mm-hmm. Who's the uh, the actor? I think it's Brett Gelman who plays uh, Murray. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious, dude. Yeah, he kills it, man. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. He was fantastic, and then the actors who played the uh, played the Russian soldiers. Yeah, yeah, as well. But um, what do you make of, or what's your read on Winona Ryder and David Harbour's uh, romance as Joyce and, and Hopper? Do you believe it? Is it believable to you? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's, I mean, you know, there's a thing where there's definitely a, um, being that they've been in so many relationships, been in so many situations in crisis like this together, they, they definitely a bond in a way which other relationships couldn't possibly bond. Even with, uh, even with, uh, um, um, Sean Astin's character, Bob, and, and, and right, last right, season, right. you know, he didn't, he didn't, um, he, he didn't bond us so because he wasn't around as long. Right. But, you know, Harper's been in from the beginning. And the fact that he's actually harboring and or adopting L. You know that gives him a that gives him a, a much more a, a greater insight because think about it they both have two children which are which are, are been are bending upside down and are caused upside down or affected by it you know mm-hmm. that's I mean um, Will 
Will Will is yeah Will is is, is, her, is her son. You know, Will's the first kid to be uh, be caught in the upside down inside of their their town. So, mm-hmm. you know, and he's got he's got some personal issues that he's coming to fruition with too. You know that that are are starting to affect him. You can see okay. Now his older brother is even. You can talk to me anytime you want to about this, man. You know, I really have these these feelings, and you're starting to come into your own, and, and, who, you, and who you who you are is not necessarily who you who you thought that you were, and, and all these things are affecting you and making you feel a certain way. And you know, mm-hmm. it was it was good, it was a good brother to brother moment, man. I really appreciated that, man. Yeah, and yeah. they were kind of uh, not teasing it, but they were kind of leading you that way the whole mm-hmm. time, where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, something's going on with Will. Something, he, you know, he's got something that he's 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 guarding and that he's keeping secret, right? Uh, or that he's wrestling with that he's not really brought out into the open yet, and you weren't and you weren't quite sure what it was. But but to uh, to Joyce and to Hopper, man, yeah, I really I totally buy their relationship, and I absolutely one hundred percent buy the way that they have turned Winona Ryder into this Midwestern single mom. It it just works for me, you know, you know, with these these sons, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she's kind of living, you know, just kind of make kind of scraping by, not really like. Uh, you know, she's not down here and she's not up there. She's just kind of, kind of scraping by, and right. and she was, she was just so plucky and so tough and so determined in season one. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, when Will got got pulled into the um, upside down, into the upside down. That mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just, I just loved her character right away uh, for sure. And then, like I said, you know, um, uh, Brett Gelman's character Murray, like you said, he's hilarious, and he plays, he plays characters like that in everything. Okay, like you okay. know. I mean, sadly, he's being typecast because he does it so well. Right. But he's very cool, and then the, you know him speaking Russian, and and you know that whole kind of subterfuge to kind of break into the uh, the camp where uh, where Hopper and everyone else w- was being held. Yeah, it was just right, right. It was just perfect, man. It was just perfect. It was. It's hilarious, man. I, I even like um, you know, to the point to where um, Hopper is breaking out for the first time. Look, he's he's free because you know you know eventually the idea is you think you're going to be you going to be free, you know, because you you know you don't you don't have a character in that position showing him going through the suffrage and the things he's going through for him not to be able to, to break away and, and, and get freedom. Cause you know, they realize that, you know, L really does need him, you know, that's, 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 that's her actual, you know, Papa, right. you know, so to speak. Right. Um, adopt, adopted as though she may be. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was just trying to get them back to the, trying to get, trying to get all the crew back together. Cause everybody's everybody in the, in the start is in, in, in dis- different parts of the, of the country or, and or world. It's like, how's the gang get back together for this climactic situation? You know, what's going to happen, but, they really stretched it out as far as they possibly could. They went back and forth on it. You know, there was some, there was some crazy moments in there um, that were like, okay, are they going to get back together? You know, is everybody going to see? Everybody, uh, will they will they see each other again? You know, and um, yeah, it was it was some some real some real uh, like like gut wrenching moments in there, man. And it's like I should have known that this character Henry that seemed like he was like the oldest of the crew that was walking around somewhat free reign inside of inside of the the uh, the, the facility. Was going to be a um, was going to turn into a villain because his eyes had this sense of, you know, he is a, he is a, he is that um that Alex that Alex stare from uh, from a Clockwork Clock, Clockwork Orange, the Droogs. Um, okay, uh, okay. He, he, has, he has that kind of that kind of that, that, that eye that this like he has that he has that, that that very that very defining gaze, man. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, what? How, how's he? How's he like not affected by? It? Why is he not like with the other kids trying to do things which are, you know, which are which are perfecting their powers or whatever? It's because he's he's got that that mutant power dampener around his neck, man. Like, or right, or, or no, or no. Actually, no. He was no. He he had a, a device installed in his in his neck. 
Well, L had the she had the collar on. She had the collar. He had the device in his yeah, neck. She had she, the collar. So she, yeah. she took out. She took it. She took that thing out of his neck at the in the you know that that loosened his ability, loosened him up to be able to do what he did. You know. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Just just great character arcs, man. Great character arcs. Very surprising conclusions. You know, one thing about this show and uh, that I that I noticed is is uh, not the show. Excuse me. One thing about this season that I noticed specifically, and the show has always had tons of exposition because, mm-hmm. you know, they have to explain some of this stuff to you and they have to do it through, you know, sometimes the mouths of the characters. But mm-hmm. this last season, they really went for it, man. I mean, it's, it's already kind of a high concept show in a way. Right, right. But I mean, they, they, I mean, it was, you know, so it's to be expected, but I mean, they really went for it. it was like, oh, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Let me pause this and let me write down something. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so I can try to make sure I'm following all of this. Okay, so this right. is that, that, this and that, and so forth. And, you know, and okay, now, okay, now she's lost and upside down. Oh, we can talk to her through the lights. And then it was just, you know, it was just, it was just a lot. But, um, it was. But, I mean, I definitely, I definitely dug it none, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. You mentioned Argyle and him kind of maybe, uh, kind of, uh, uh, dialing it up a bit in terms of his performance as the, uh, as the lovable weed smoking, you know, kind of friend or whatever, right, right, uh, who kind of joins the uh, who kind of joins the crew, right. In your opinion, who are the best kid actors, and who are the worst kid actors? Because mm. I I got opinions too, yo. I got them for you. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, first off, they're kind of aging out of the kid kid brackets. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> um. You know. <laughs> Um, while while I like them all, um, there's some ones which are, are definitely like um, you know, like pushing the pushing the uh, the old the the, the, the the sizers are coming out and the and the and the, the permanent teeth are coming in, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'll say I'll go ahead. I'll get and jump in real quick. Go ahead. I I definitely think Millie Bobby Brown as L is she's great. Right. She's consistently great. The actor who plays Mike is good. I love the actor who plays Dustin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. I think the actor who plays the actor who plays Steve. Yeah, I think he's really he's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Mike Wheeler. Yeah, Mike Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. Mike Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. And the actor who plays you know Nancy, she's great. Right. The one who plays Jonathan is just okay. Right. Max is great. Yeah. Yeah. I think Max is is totally like that that Spitfire. You know, kid who doesn't give a shit. She's got some bumps and bruises in her past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the actor who plays uh, uh, Lucas's little sister, Erica. Yeah, she's hilarious. I think she's fantastically cast. She is absolutely hilarious. Right in that in the, one of the early seasons when she says, "You know, you, you don't get America without Erica." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's she's that sassy little sister that won't be left behind, sir. We're not we're not exactly to, exactly. We're not to, don't tolerate the older brother or any of his friends' shit, you know. Exactly, exactly. I am going to complicate your world, uh, big brother. Right now, I do not think the actor who plays Will is very good. Okay, he's kind of stilted for me. Okay, and <sighs> I'm gonna go ahead and say it, man. Go ahead. Worst of all is the one who plays Lucas. Okay. <laughs> Caleb, isn't it Caleb McLaughlin? Yeah, Caleb McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 awful. See, I don't. I I, I have a different. I have a different. I have a different take on that, man. I, I explain explain why you think he's awful. I just I don't believe him. Okay. I just don't believe him. Like in that in the in this the you know the the final episode you know he's you know it's from another dimension. She's caught up. 
you can't do this. I can't wake her up. You can't do this, guy. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's just not, I don't believe him. Okay, okay. But I believe Erica, his little sister. I believe Max. I believe Nancy and Steve. Okay, okay. I believe Nancy and Steve trying to be friends, even though, you know, they kind of dated for a while. Okay, okay. You know, uh, I believe, you know, Steve and Robin's relationship as, as, uh, as pals, you know, and almost like they have kind of like a buddy cop dynamic, you know. Okay. You know, I kind of believe them. You know, I believe Murray as this outsider being willing to kind of go on this, this, you know, this incredible, fantastic, you know, otherworldly journey with these kids. But I, I just don't, I don't believe them. I don't believe Will. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, I don't believe Will. I don't believe uh, Lucas. Okay. And Argyle could dial it down a notch or two. He could dial it down a notch or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our guys will stand out for me, man, as, as, as being the one that, that's over the top with, with delivery and, and trying too hard to resemble the 80s, you know. He's, he's, he's a little too comedic for me. He's not in the moment enough for me. There's a sense of urgency. It's okay. People are running from the lies. People are, are, are dodging bullets. People are getting attacked by monsters. And you're still concerned about, you know, right. pizzas and, 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 you know, and how to, you know, how to smoke weed or whatever the case may be. It's like, yeah, dude, and getting fucked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean... You know, to the point to where, you know, um, Will's brother is like, that's just how he goes through life. He's got, that's what he gets. Let, let him go smoke his herb and do what he's got to do so he can get through his life and, right. and be, be functional for us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say, I would say, all, all I believe Caleb, I believe him because he's, he's, he's a good actor to me. I like him. And he, 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 he kind of immerses you in it. He's aging. He's, he's, he's noticeably aging out of it for me. Like he, he's, he's looking, he's looking older as is, as is uh, Mike, uh, Finn Wolfhard's character. Finn looks like, Finn's like, it's like puberty struck, and he's just like this weird, angular-looking, alien-looking dude to me sometimes. Yes, dude. very tall and lean yeah, lank, and, lank, and, and lanky. Like, lanky, uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm the thin man. I'm the thin man. Catch me if you can, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I'll tell you a standout, man. I was really surprised by by, by her acting ability, man, was um this uh, uh Robin. Robin, she really she really stepped up this season, bro. Yeah. She killed it, man. The way she, the way when her, when her and Nancy went to, uh, went to the professor, and we're talking to him about getting to see, see the, the, the doctor, or getting to see the, the, the patient that was, uh, uh, Vecna's, uh, you know, Vecna's father, which was played by, um, you know, Freddy Krueger. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, she, she really stepped it up, dude, and she started like, like hammering off these, these, these long, you know, illustrious lines. It's like, wow, yeah, she, she did that. She put it in, you know. She's she, she's she, I believe her. She's she's a really good actor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. Maya. That's Maya Hawk. That's uh, Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman's child. Oh, okay, that makes sense. It's genetic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she was she was also in um, Once Upon a Time in America. Okay. And she was in something else that I saw her in. She showed up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she's she's a pretty good she's a pretty good little actor. Yeah. She killed it. She killed it, man. Caleb and, and Finn are, are, are you know they're, they're taking me out a little bit just just for the look alone that's what it boils down to I think ultimately okay you know okay and he, even 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 big ass Will Will's I mean you know Noah Schnapp Will Byers he's like a little shoved into his clothing a little bit dude you know it's like uh, yeah yeah that, yeah with with that crazy that damn bowl cut, mo you know? from the Three Stooges bowl yeah, cut. Man, you know? yeah. <laughs> He came. He came on Jimmy Fallon. Dude, he was talking about that dude, and, and um, they were like, "Okay, for, to, to, for the for the for the Dupper Brothers, you know, for our next season, you know, could you kind of a spoiler at that point, you know, uh, could you please like 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 you know 
try a different hairdo and he gave him different hairstyles. He gave him like this. He gave him like a a, a full hawk. Okay. Okay. And he gave him like a, like like a like a some other ideas that might might work better for you know his his his, his aging. You know. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well. Cool. Cool. Hey, last two bits, man. We can end it here. Okay. We can't we can't end talking about Stranger Things season four without discussing the Kate Bush of it all. Yes, man. First of all, for anyone who doesn't know me, I am an absolute fan of Kate Bush, specifically Hounds of Love, which is where Running Up That Hill comes from. That's the album all right. that it comes from. If you've never heard the album, it's fantastic. It's always been in one of my top, in my top five favorite albums of all time. Okay, okay. It, it's one of those from the rooter to the tutor. It is perfect. Okay. It's like one song broken up into 10 or 11 pieces, basically. Oh, wow. Okay. Just It's just a perfect, perfect collection of songs. Okay. And- Running up that hill is one of those. It's one of those times where someone's biggest song, let's say, mm-hmm. really is one of their best songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people will say, "Oh, the the most popular song," but you know, you people will say, "Well, this is actually their better one of their better songs. This is one of their their better cuts." Her one of her most popular songs really is one of her best songs. Just. It's just it's just freaking freaking fantastic. Yeah, and she was discovered by Dave. She was discovered by Dave Gilmore, yo. Yes, yes. Exactly. From from Pink Floyd, yo, which I love, man. That's my that's my man right there, yo. Yeah, and you're you you've been a, a big Floyd fan for 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 years and years and years. Yeah, man. Um, as long as I've known you, and he discovered her as a teenager. Okay. And got her signed as a teenager. I think she was seventeen, maybe. Wow. When her first album came out, The Kick Inside, back in like seventy eight or seventy nine. Okay. Okay. Uh, and there's a great song on that album, if anyone's never heard it, called "The Man with the Child in His Eyes." Okay, wow. Uh, which is which is really wonderful. And for you to, for, to think that a 17 or 16 year old wrote that song mm-hmm. is is mind blowing. Yeah, man. I realized that they were playing Running Up That Hill as part of, because I thought it was just going to be in that one episode. I didn't realize that it was really going to be a theme for the last a, two. A recurring, yeah, a recurring yeah. theme for the yeah. last two episodes. Yeah, yeah. And the minute I heard it in that in that one episode early on in season four, mm-hmm. I messaged my friend Chrissy, who is a big Kate Bush fan as well. Actually, I messaged her husband, right. uh, Eric, and I said, Eric, tell Chrissy to be on the lookout for that Kate. Is she watching Stranger Things? And he was like, yo, I he's like, we heard. Right. We're ready for it. We're you know we're, we're into it. Right. But anyway, what was your? Did you have any kind of relationship with Kate in that song prior to to this? Or uh, strangely enough, man. Strangely enough, Stranger Things. Okay, um, Stranger Things. <laughs> no, I mean I, I heard it several times. Um, I saw the original video back in the eighties, and I was nonplussed by it because she was. Mm-hmm. I like well, I like the song. Her voice is a little off putting initially. Right. The lyrics mm-hmm. got me. The lyrics drew me back in, of course. But then, then the whole the whole the whole ballet thing she was doing to the song, it was like okay, that's that doesn't fit the '80s vibe. What are you doing, Kate? You know, you gotta be more. But it, 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 it but it kind of it it kind of does though when you think about it because because there were tons of videos in the '80s with ballet and dancing and right right and 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 smoky light coming through 
shafts of, of window window light, you know, through the shafts of the window or whatever. So, right. yeah. But but I, when I watched it again as an adult, I fully appreciate. It. I was like, wow, she she had like the she had like the, the semi kung fu like 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 uh, mm-hmm. geese on, mm-hmm. and she's ro- her, her, her 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 partner and, and dance are rolling over on the floor and stuff, and you know, and and this lyrics is just uh, just compelling, man. You know, if only could make a deal with God, I, I asked him to switch our places. It's like wow, wow, right? Oh wow. So it's like, and, and the way they played it in the way way Max's character um, played it was was listening to it as a as a distraction, keep her from being taken from by Vecna. It's like wow, right? Wow, I just it just it really it really I mean it brought a tear to my eye, man. It was because it was like it was yeah. it's a desperate song. You listen to the song, it's like it's just it's just awesome, man. But I will say this: um, while I do have a greater appreciation now for for a Kate Bush version, some of the covers have been outstanding. Um, there's one in particular by Placebo. It doesn't hurt me. You wanna feel how it feels. You wanna know, know that it doesn't hurt me. You wanna hear about the deal I'm making. You. That's the that's the most popular version yeah. of covered of 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 that song. I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's like because his voice is like this, this crazy, this crazy register, and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's just it just it takes it to another uh, like a almost a techno pop type of level, which I'm 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 actually you know yeah. kind of passionate about. Yeah, yeah. The original version with Kate Bush, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is a drum machine that's playing in the background. Mm-hmm. But the placebo version, like you said, really settles both feet mm-hmm. on you know the uh, uh, the synths. And the programming and all of that, and then you got the guy's voice, like you said, his voice has has a very different timbre to it. And mm-hmm. that doesn't hurt me. Almost mm-hmm. reminds mm-hmm. me a bit of a uh, old boy from the uh, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to some extent, that's true. But, um, that's true. But yeah, it's a fantastic ver- version of the song. And Kate Bush herself, uh, here in 2022, she's 63 years old. She did actually acknowledge the Duffer Brothers' use of the song in Stranger Things. And complimented it, and she's so pleased that people have rediscovered the song nice. through the show. And uh, she loves the fact that the song is used, like you said, as a um, uh, almost like a security blanket or as a uh, as a shelter to protect uh, the Max character, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, from Vecna. And as a result of this, you know, the song, you know, Running Up That Hill, which came out in I think either '86 or '87, mm-hmm. you know, is is number one in the UK. Crazy. Man. It was number four on the on the billboard number four on the Billboard one hundred. Yeah. Uh and she's in the Guinness Book of World Records as uh one of the oldest the oldest person to ever have a number one record mm-hmm. in uh in, in, in the Guinness Book of World Records, you know, history, so to speak. So I mean mm-hmm. and a testament to like like uh true artistry. Like what I what I understand, man, back in she she didn't do much she didn't do much like 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 uh like concerts or anything like that. She never compromised herself and she owns into all the rights to that song. Yeah. So she's not so she's not sharing with anybody. It's all all of it's coming to her. And I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. She was, if I'm not mistaken, one other thing too to Kate Bush's credit, she was she's the first woman in I think popular music history to have uh written and produced, you know, the entirety of her of her of a, of an album. Wow. You know, prior to that, you know, women would more than likely be paired up with a producer and mm-hmm co-writers and things of that nature and, and you've still got some great stuff that came along the way of mm-hmm. course you know nina simone and mm-hmm. um you've got um carol king you know they would work with yeah they would work with uh producers and whatnot but mm-hmm. she's the first female artist 
to ever write and produce the entirety of her album. Mm. So mm. she wrote, like you said, she wrote, produced, and uh, and arranged uh, "Running Up That Hill," and definitely deserves uh, you know all the credit for mm-hmm. it, it being a you know a magnificent song. But I got to I got to end this man with the last question for you. Okay. Uh, we were texting back and forth, you know, uh, before we spoke here today. And I expressed to you that I was a little disappointed because I thought this was the final season right. of Stranger Things. And even the, you know, the climactic battle with, you know, all of the key characters and the key, uh, uh, you know, all in desperate situations where you don't know if they're going to die. Are they going to live? Are they going to make it? Are they going to survive? Yeah. And so I thought this was it only to find out that they're setting it up for yet another season. So my question is, is do you think Stranger Things should have ended here? Because I, I do. I think if this should have been it. I think they should have gone out on top, you know, right where they are. Almost like uh like wham, just go out on top, you know. You're, you're the bug. Yeah, yeah, you know. You're the bug. Yeah. Um yeah. what do you think? I got two minds behind it. I understand why they would take it to a fifth season. However, I don't think it was necessary to take it to a fifth season. Mm-hmm. Um it's weird now because now what's happening is it's like now it's almost like you're trying to merge the 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 evil that's in the underrealm that's in that's in the ups, upside down is starting to merge itself in, or to show itself more and impact itself more on 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 the on the earth especially through the town which they live in it's it's it, there's a very real there's a very real rip in the fabric of of a dimension that's happening there which is going to cause other issues but I realize what they're doing of course is they the Duffer Brothers made a have made a uh, made a deal with with um, with uh, Netflix, with God, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> is that kind of sort of? Yes, they signed a contract that's going to have spinoffs now for the oh, universe. Oh, right, 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 right. So yeah, so it's going to have all yeah, so, so other characters, right? So other characters inside the town are are, are, are going to be affected by the upside down as well. Um, as well, and and maybe a couple other things as well. So yeah, that's that's what's going on there. So that's why they 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 hinge it on on season five. Who knows if it's going to be a season five or not? It could be a, it could be a spinoff into another series entirely. But it probably will be a season five. But I hope so. I hope at least they're in college now. I hope they've graduated from high school. Maybe we missed that piece. Maybe there'll be a a, a time of peace in the galaxy to use a Star Wars thing um, for a while. But I don't think there will be because as you see the magma. The magma, the <laughs> <laughs> hot magma, magma from the, from the ground is coming through the the, the cracks of the, of the worth of of of, the, of their town and, um, yeah, I, and I, but it, it gave me a sense of like I, I like it, it gave me a sense of of um of impending doom where you start to see Will react again you know Will who's much, he's a first you know interactor with upside down. You know, and I was like, for him to be, for the, for the, to, to pigeonhole it, to pin it in that manner, to, for the, to bring it back to him, it was kind of, kind of poetic in a lot of ways. You know, dark poetry, but poetic. I'm not with it, yo. I think, I think a lot of shows, not sitcoms, but certainly like shows that are kind of dramatic and have a, have a, a narrative. Right. You know, an ongoing narrative. I just think after, usually after three seasons is usually when they start shitting the bed to me. Right, right. Um, and, and the idea of doing spinoffs and side shows mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, uh, fear of stranger things, right. you know, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, all that to me is just, that's just, 
That's just the machine saying we got to have more. Yeah. That's not the creator saying we got to have more. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know everyone wants to do their George Lucas thing. They want to have, you know, multiple episodes and nine picture deal or multiple seasons and multiple feature films. Right. And they want, you know, they want everybody wants to create a universe and build a universe. But I just think to me, some things are just incredible as they are. Yeah. And the more you do with it, the more you kind of ruin it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, okay, uh, one of my favorite albums, you and I've talked about this, is uh, Portishead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dummy. Yeah. They should have broke up the band after that first album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's so perfect and so incredible. Just break up the band and don't do it. You're never going to do anything better than this. Right, right, right. You're never going to do anything better than this. Right, right. And and so now my only fear is is that, you know, as this goes on, you know, now there'll be even worse versions of the Stranger Things universe out there. There'll be more worse versions of it than there will be these first four seasons, which I think for the most part right. are really pretty stellar and pretty uh pretty entertaining and uh and pretty in, in, enjoyable in 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 the in an ultimate way. I agree. I agree. I mean, there's a, there's a danger of, of mudding the waters. You know, and 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 you know, and diluting it, diluting exactly, it down. Exactly, exactly, know. exactly, and 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 you know, turning it upside down. You know, there we go. There as, we as, go. As, as, as <laughs> to you know what what it, what it, what, it, what it's supposed to be. So yeah. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.